The following is a presentation of the Bellip Sports Media Network. Baseball season is right around the corner. The 1420 Sports Bar Podcast and SeatGeek are on a 30-day tour with fans from around the major leagues. Listen in as we talk about where to get a bite or a beverage pre- and post-game. Best places to sit at every ballpark. Favorite food, favorite players, and favorite moments from all 30 stadiums from around the big leagues. It's the 1420 Fan Experience Ballpark Tour brought to you by SeatGeek. Let's get it. Brought to you by SeatGeek.com, the SeatGeek app. Use promo code 1420POD at SeatGeek.com today and save yourself 20 bucks on your first purchase. Stop number nine on the MLB tour is Detroit, Michigan, home of the Detroit Tigers and Comerica Park. Today, our guest is Lou Gamler, the Captain Lou Extravaganza podcast, another Belly Up member. Lou, how you doing today, sir? Brent, I'm fantastic. Thanks for asking me to be on the show. This is awesome. Looking forward to baseball season. Yeah, it's a right spring training game's been going about a week and a half now. I can't take my eyes off these games. The new rules, we'll get into that in a little bit. So obviously, yeah. it's uh, been interesting to see how the uh, the pitch clock, especially how, how that's been working out. But yeah. uh, it's we were talking off air a little bit. It's hard to believe that Tiger Stadium, the old place, has obviously been gone for 23 years now. This is 23, 23rd year of Comerica Park. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you, I'm, I'm assuming you've been to Tiger Stadium a few times in oh, the yeah. past, but uh, the uh, it's... It's nice to see the, the, the new place. It's, it's hard to see the old places go, but it's nice to see the new places come up. Oh, I agree, Brent. You know, and the thing is, uh, I love Tiger Stadium, but like, you know, like we were talking, it just, it had seen its better days. You know, the days of obstructed view seats are long gone. Thank goodness for that. But uh, Comerica Park is nice. It's uh, really helped revitalize downtown Detroit with that and uh, Ford Field and Little Caesars Arena. Um, it's a great place to watch a ball game now. Uh, I've been to Comerica, uh, I'd probably say about 12 times um, since 2000. And uh, I don't get down there as much as I used to. Um, but you know, it, it's, it is a nice place to go. And Tiger Stadium, there was a lot of good memories. You know, my first game there. I think Detroit won the first 12 games that I ever saw, saw there. Um, but uh, yeah, that. Comerica Park is nice. I really enjoy going to games there. Yeah, I, I, I never got into the old Tiger Stadium. We were, I was in Windsor, Ontario in 1988, okay. I believe it was. I'm up in, in Alberta, Canada now, but uh, yeah, I uh, was there in 88, and I never, never got inside. We walked by the whole bit, and I never got inside for a game. We were there for a baseball tournament in Windsor, but yeah, I never got inside. Okay. You were talking about the, 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 new, the, the new park, Comerica Park, and how it's re, kind of revitalized downtown, uh, mm-hmm. downtown Detroit there, which a lot of ballparks do, and cities do a, a really good job in doing that. Where's a, a good place to go or, or uh, to have maybe a – pre-game beverage or a bite what's what's the uh, the go-to spots of one or two places uh, around comerica park at walking distance before a game yeah i mean you can go to uh you can go to chelly's is a, is a fun place to go to uh yeah it's uh gosh you, there's just so many restaurants down there uh greek towns by there it's uh the nice thing is it's it's within walking distance you don't have to drive to places you know and there's places to stay if you want to make a weekend of it. It's that's my favorite thing to do, you know. Um, and uh, you know, obviously, going to Comerica is is the same as going to a Wings game now. Little Caesars, so many different bars, so many different restaurants. 
uh it's it really is a nice atmosphere down there yeah it's great like go, like a lot of times you go to a game you go to a game whatever nothing really happens you, you leave and you have a smile but before they it's the people you can meet before a game and after a game yeah. where you can have a, a beverage and a bite and you, and you can laugh and joke about the, how how good or bad your team might be doing and it's always a good time that's that's, that's one of the best things about baseball because you get 81 yeah. times a year to do it and you can have a nice conversation with people and it's always a a, a nice thing to 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 get onto and and going going out to a bite and sometimes you get you get to know a lot of the the bartenders mm-hmm. that you said Chelly's ba- Chelly's bar. Chelly, I'm assuming that, that's named after Chris Chelios. Yes, yeah, yes. great, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, he's. Uh, he, I had a f- friend of mine. He played played with uh, Chelios a, a long time okay. ago. Uh, yes, it, with the, with Detroit. So, uh, yeah, a lot of good memories and a lot of good stories about Chelios. Uh, you get to you go to a game at Comerica Park and you like you see like I haven't been there yet. And that's kind of one of our stops. We want to make this summer on our tour is uh, me me and the wife. But uh, you, you see the, the the giant tigers and everything else that are in front of the stadium. There's got to be a lot of stuff around the stadium that that are because uh, a long illustrious history of the Tigers. They haven't done a lot of winning over the years, but there's a long illustrious history of the Tigers. What's that to see around, around Comerica Park? Well, they've got you know obviously they've got uh, the statues around there. You know, Al Kaline, Mr. Tiger, uh, even Ernie Harwell, the voice of the Tigers. That's who I grew up idolizing. Um, you know, then they've got the monuments around the stadium. Not quite like Yankee Stadium's monuments, but. You know, they've got the plaques and everything. It really is cool to see that. Um, and just there, there, there's little novelty shops around the stadium, around Comerica Park that, you know, you can walk in and see all the latest stuff that, uh, you know, that they bring, that they've got going. And a lot of the old time stuff too, a lot of collector's stuff. And that's what's what I like to look at when I go before a game. Just kind of, you know, I'm a history buff when it comes to baseball. You know, baseball and football, or all of them, really, but baseball in particular, because that's the first sport that I grew up really paying attention to. You know, listening to all the games on the radio, Ernie Harwell and Paul Carey were my guys back in the day. I grew up in the Upper Peninsula on Lake Superior. So I went, I didn't go to Tiger Stadium until I was uh, in college. It was closer for us to go to uh, uh, County County Stadium in Milwaukee to watch the Tigers. So. I mean, getting to go to the Tiger, my first Tiger game was uh, even at 18 years old. I just, I was like a kid in a candy store. It was amazing. What's the, if the like, uh, the, what's the fan base like in, in, in Detroit for the Tigers? Like, as I said, they, they haven't had the greatest history, like the great history, but they haven't done a bunch of winning per se. What's the fan base like? Are they, are they rather rabid there? Are they, they are they passionate or are they just, are they baseball fans who are pretty just relaxed? Okay, we're going to watch a game. We don't expect a whole bunch. Well, you know, they're not like the Lions. The Lions, I think, are most probably the most loyal fan base in the world, only Got because <laughs> the Lions stink, you know. And I love my Lions. It's, yeah. I mean, we're on, we're on the upswing, hopefully, but that's for another show. The yeah. Tiger fan base, I just think, Brent, they're immune to, you know, it. it we had a nice run from 06 to 2015, I think it was, where we went yeah. to a couple of World Series. Uh, we had a, you know, uh, a potential starting uh, rotation with four Hall of Famers at one time. Um, but Jim Leland did, couldn't figure out how to, uh, you know, manage that pitching staff and his closers. But again, another another conversation for another day. <laughs> we'll get into her. Yeah. It's, been, it's been seven years, eight years of, uh, you know, tough sledding. And, you know, getting rid of Dan, when Dombrowski left, it just went downhill. And the fans, they're loyal, but I think we're losing patience. And you can tell 
you you can you can walk up to to uh, Comerica Park and get a ticket, and that to me tells you and and a good ticket, lower bowl or you know down in the lower deck, and I think they're kind of leery, and with the ticket prices going up a little bit, you know I mean, I think uh, you know when you're put, when you're projected to be a seventy win team, yeah it's they'll be there for opening day, but by the end of April. You know they'll be averaging you know ten to fifteen thousand maybe. Yeah, it's funny to watch that, Lou. When you you watch a baseball game, you watch opening weekend, which is we're less than uh, twenty five days away now. And it's funny when you see a, a game opening day, the place is packed and everybody's got high expectations. Spring training, we're we're going to win one hundred and sixty two yeah. games somehow. We got her going on it, and then day three, the place is empty. Like and it, it's not just Detroit. There's a lot, a lot of places like that. Oh, sure. So, uh, best seats in the house there. Is there a bad seat? Like you we were talking about obstructed views uh, at Tiger Stadium, but is there any bad seats in in, uh, in that place? And like, where where's no. your seat when you go to a game? You want to know what's crazy is where I fell in love with my favorite seat. And you might think this is a little odd. Is I took my son to his first uh, game at Comerica Park in two thousand. I want to say two thousand nine because Miguel Cabrera hit a. Bases loaded triple to win the game in the bottom of the ninth after Phil Coke blew the lead the top of the ninth. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we were in the front row, upper deck, third base side. And I loved it. And it just, it was, it was a great view. I mean, it's not behind the plate. I've sat behind the plate in the upper deck and those I think are great seats, but that upper deck front row, third base side was pretty cool. I liked it. Cause you know, you could see everything and, me, I could sit there and look at the scenery of downtown Detroit in the background. Yeah. And I love looking at the high rises, you know, the skyscrapers, if you will. And, you know, you, so anything in between first and third base to me um, is, is cool. But I really, as odd as it sounds, I loved it in the upper deck, right on, right front row. They, they were, you, could, you could get the view of everything. You mix in an aisle seat in that description. You got me sold, Lou. I, I'm an oh. aisle seat guy. You don't got notes, and I can just turn my hips a little bit. People can get right by me. I don't. I, I love an aisle seat. Then I can just get yeah. up and go to watch. I and what you described there, like because everybody says, "Well, you got to sit here," and, and then the the legend suite or wherever it's got to be. No, everybody has their place to sit, and and mm-hmm. something like that where there's nobody in front of you, and you just watch the game. That that's a, an excellent description about uh, like baseball games, and everybody has their spot. Like it's yeah. it's funny how like it's uh, and then sometimes it's more of a memory thing of where you sat for a certain game and everything else and that becomes your seat and that's one of the great things about the the, the game of baseball uh when you go to a game there what's the uh what's the go and let's let's say a detroit food what's uh what's something that you would have at a tigers game and don't just say a hot dog because everybody has a hot dog at a ball game you probably have one or two anyways but is there something that uh you go to a tiger game this is a go-to food that uh first timers got to try out that they normally wouldn't uh boy um I, I would say my favorite, my go-to at Tiger Stare at Comerica Park is their pizza. It's, you know, I mean, it's, it's either little, it used to be little Caesars and I think it still is, but they've got a gourmet pizza and I forget the name, Brent. I wish I could remember. It, yeah, it doesn't much matter. But I, you know, me, I'm, I'm a plain Jane double cheese and pepperoni or double cheese and ham guy. And they've got one there that'll knock your socks off. That's my go-to whenever I go there, I pay a little more for it, but man, it's good. I never leave Comerica Park hungry. 
No. That's uh, no, yeah, it's always great food. Like, it seems like a lot of these places now they, they try to peddle a lot more local stuff and got and, yeah. and vendors and, and shops from downtown. And it's not just the the usual, I mean, the Little Caesars is obviously a chain, but it seems like baseball parks do a really good job and teams do a, a mm-hmm. really good job of support locals. One of those things, right? But uh, it's, yeah. it seems like baseball parks do a great job of that. And I'm, I'm sure that uh, Detroit uh, is uh, isn't any different. Uh, Get into the, the the team a little bit. The Roar of '84 was a long, long oh. time ago. Their, their last World Series champion. I I remember that because a good friend of mine. Uh, he passed away a few years back, but he was a big Tigers fan, and he talks about the Roar of '84 a lot with Gibson and the, and the like and everything else. Sparky Anderson as a as a manager. What what's your memories of the Roar of '84? And uh, it's been it's been that's uh, a lot of years ago now, Lou. That's uh, the, the, they <laughs> last won a World Series. Oh my God. I know. Right. It's almost, it's almost 40 years ago. Can you believe that? Oh man. Just saying those numbers scares me a little bit, Lou. Oh, I know. I know. (laughs) And it's funny because I remember that a couple of years before that in the strike shortened year, when they had the splits, the split seasons, remember that? Yeah. 82, I think it was. I think that was, yeah. 81 or 82. Yeah. They were close, but you know, starting out 35 and five, I can remember, um, uh, Oh gosh, Dan Petrie had a no hitter going till the bottom of the ninth, two outs. And I remember watching that, and uh, he, you know, he got the, I don't know, he gave up a base hit. I can't remember who it was that got it. But of course, Jack Morris. I think it was the fourth game of the year got that no hitter against the White Sox. Um, I went to two games that year. I was uh, I was a sophomore in the fall at Central Michigan University, so it would have been my freshman between my freshman and sophomore years. I went to one game in May, right before the end of school. And then I went to a game in September because, you know, you knew it was special by then Detroit was, Oh yeah. I think they were, I think the Yankees were in second place and actually the Yankees had a better record the second half of the year. I think the Yankees went something like 52 and 20, but you know, with Detroit starting 35 and five, they were still 20 games out, you know? And uh, that's, that's crazy. what I I remember about that and, you know, uh, obviously Jack Morris and Sparky and Kirk Gibson, uh, you know, Alan Trammell, Lou Whitaker, you know, the, the double play combination. It was just, you know, and the pitching was great, uh, but it just was one of those years where everything clicked and, you know, Willie Hernandez, you know, he was unstoppable that year as a closer, you know, they got to the playoffs and they swept Kansas city in three straight. And then, uh, you know, the Padres, who everybody was hoping for the Cubs to win it, to play the Tigers in the World Series. And then Detroit actually lost, I think it was game two out in San Diego. And people were starting to have a little bit of doubt in the national media. But, you know, Detroit just had way too much talent. And uh, what, what, a, what a time. I remember when they clinched it. I was, I was at my apartment at Central. I didn't get tickets to the game. But I, Mount Pleasant, you might as well have been in Detroit. Everybody was out in the streets celebrating, partying it up. It, it was, it was amazing. And unfortunately, like you said, it's been, a, you know, Detroit hasn't won a world series since, you know, they've been to the world series a couple of times losing to St. Louis in 06, you know, it still just baffles me. We lost to an 84 win team and then uh, losing to San Francisco in 12 and uh, yeah. You know, 
I thought that 12 team had a, had a better shot than getting, getting swept yeah. away by, by the Giants that year. Yeah. You, you, you brought up Lou Whitaker. Like, why that guy, sweet Lou, like why he's not in the Hall of Fame is, is a mystery I, to me. I have I no know. idea. Like everybody, everybody talk, and I'm not, I'm not besmirching Ryan Sandberg at all in the no. Cubs fans, but he's all the player or, or just as much with the World Series title that, that Ryan Sandberg was. And why, why Whitaker never got in the Hall of Fame? I have no idea. Well, I'll tell you, I've got a couple of theories on it. Number one is he was never a media guy, you know, and he also, he and Chet Lemon would never come out of the dugout for the national anthem or they would sit down because oh, they well, were, uh, that would do it, yeah. it yeah. was uh, there, they were Jehovah witness, which, you know, I'm not knocking them. Don't get oh, me no, wrong. No, no, no. That was their matter. choice. Yeah. And I think that rubbed the media the wrong way. And, now, being from the Midwest, I have a little uh, thing against the quote-unquote East Coast bias. Now, I'm not throwing shade at the Yankees, but if Lou Whitaker and Alan Trammell, who played 19 years together as the Keystone combination, were in New York, Boston, or L.A., they'd both be in the, in the Hall of Fame. 100%. You know, and... I'm not taking anything away from any Yankee that's in the Hall of Fame because they all deserve it. But it's it's unfortunate. And, yeah, I mean, and Lou Whitaker, it's funny. For the first three years that he was in the majors, I don't think he hit a home run. And then towards the end, you know, he had that golf swing. He was hitting 20 to 25 home runs in that short porch at Tiger Stadium. So, I don't know. That's a mystery. But then again, it took Jack Morris how many years to get in? And all he was was the leading the he was the winningest pitcher in the 1980s in the American League, and you know he just he wasn't a media favorite. He hated the media when he played, and you know that's one of those things. Yeah, Morris he had a good run here. Up, oh boy. Well, I shouldn't say here up 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 in Toronto here for the Jays. He sure there, like he he was a hell of a pitcher. He was a hell of a pitcher. Oh my like god! Him. And he was a grinder. Like he oh. he was a grindy type of guy. Just went out there night in night out and through. Oh. He'd throw 160 pitches. Something you'll never see again, obviously. But Morris was re- like he's he was really really good. Now he's almost yeah. underrated because some of the places that he played weren't like you said New York or Boston yeah. or or L.A. Right. Well, yeah, and I still say. That game he pitched against Atlanta when he was pitching for the Twins, that ten inning game in the World Series, yeah. that was one of that's the best. That is the best starting pitching performance I've ever seen in a World Series in my lifetime. I've been watching it since uh, 1972. So you know, I mean, that was just a thing of beauty. Yeah, unbelievable how, how great he was. You mentioned like the Tigers, they like they're. It's it's just it's it's a thing across baseball, and there's a it's it's too bad that it happens, and you you don't want to talk the negatives, but you can't you can't ignore it. Yeah. The uh, the payroll disparity, the, the, they're in the bottom third of the of the yeah. league in payroll. They got Cabrera for thirty one million bucks, whatever it is this year, <laughs> yeah. and a payroll of one hundred and sixteen, I think it is. So yeah. he's, he's he's basically one one fifth of the payroll, or one like, and it's it's too bad, and the rest of the team. It, it, is it time that baseball smartened this, this whole thing up, Lou, and, and did something about the, the have and have not to uh, baseball making owners spend a little bit of money? and Or, or is, there, is it a cap situation, a floor situation? Like, what, what do you think baseball needs to do? Boy, I tell you, that's a great question. You know, I look at Detroit. You mentioned Miggy, you know, and they got Javi Baez. Between the two of them, I think that's almost 50% of their payroll. And, you know, and yeah. I'm not sure about either one of them going into this year. But to answer your question, I look at the payroll. I, I 
I think getting that luxury tax is a step in the right direction. But I think like the NHL, I think they should have a payroll, like a floor, you know, make them spend at least, I don't know, 120 million. It's just, Brent, it's mind boggling to me how much money that they're getting from the networks, you know, billions of dollars every year. Every team gets a hundred million bucks minimum. Unbelievable. To start the season. season. And okay. Here. So that's more money than, you know, that, you know, that's almost what Detroit's payroll is. And that's, you know, Oakland and some of these other teams that don't spend the money that they say they can't. I just, where does it go? I mean, you know, you, I don't know. I think there needs to be a floor. Let it be a hundred, you know, 150 million or whatever. And then you can raise the payroll tax to 250. Um, but hey, you know, I don't begrudge the Yankees or the Dodgers or the Red Sox or whoever. They want to spend the money. Hey, all the power to them. They're not breaking any rules doing it. You know, I we always say it's the best team money can buy, but they're playing by the rules. And at least the Yankees are competitive every year. The Dodgers, for the most part, every year. You know, and uh, I'm jealous of that. You know, Detroit was when when old man Illich was still alive. You know, yeah. and he Dembrowski, and he said, you know, spend the money. You know, I want a championship. Well, he passed away. Then his his, his son's running it, and his son treats nickels like manhole covers. You know. <laughs> step over a dollar to pick up a dime. So, I mean, and it shows, you know, and that, and we had Al Avila as a GM and he, you know, he just stunk the joint up. Now they're starting over. I mean, literally the whole organization, you know, the, um, our farm system, but yeah, I think there should be a floor. Uh, That's my first thing is make it a, whatever, 150 million to your point, each team's getting a hundred million dollars in TV money. Yeah, me that means you know you could bump it up with ticket sales and and merch and all that. Uh, yeah, well, like I, you were saying, Lou, is that like they they're like you said that in Detroit they're a Comerica they're they're raising ticket prices this season. Well, for what? Yeah, right. Like I'm not gonna I'm not getting a better product. So no. why is it more expensive? I if, don't know. If if, is the capital high? Like if, I think there's a problem with like kind of COVID. We don't want to talk about that a whole bunch. But they're yeah. trying to get all their money back at once. And with, yeah. with with doing that, that's my my own opinion of that. It's it's crazy how uh, like you you go through the major league season. It starts like I said in 24 days. Mm-hmm. There's there's 15, 16 teams who aren't winning winning, winning the World Series. We know that right now. Right. You just know that. And it's, it's, yeah. it's too bad that it's like that. And then there's, there's owners that just make a bunch of money and it's, and the payroll disparity. And you, ha- you have uh, the guy in, uh, in with the Mets there, uh, Cone, who yeah. he's got $14 billion in the bank. And what's it to him? Right. Right. Like, what's it to him to spend this much money? And they, and they taxed him on top. It was okay. I'll pay that too. Right. So it, it's yeah. nothing to him. It's, it's nuts that, that how that goes. Lou, we were talking a little bit about the, uh, the new rules that are happening in baseball and spring training, they're, 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 uh, they're enforcing them. And the umpires are, are doing their jobs a little more, bit more work for the umpires uh, to make sure that they're doing things properly and looking for the shift. Uh, what's your thoughts on the pitch clock so far? I like it. I don't mind it. You know, I, we, it's funny as we went to a couple of minor league games. We, I live in just outside of Lansing, Michigan. So we've gone to some Lansing Lugnut games where they had the pitch clock last year. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I didn't mind it. I didn't realize it at first. And I saw it out, you know, in the outfield. And uh, I think it's great. You know, it's funny is you see how the one game ended in a tie because, you know, the guy didn't get in the batter's box in time. 
And what was it? Didn't that double play get nullified the other day because of that? Um, Scherzer slowed things up yes, a little bit. Something yeah. happened there because he's trying to outsmart the world and everything. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh God. Don't get me started on that guy. Um, I mean, I love him in Detroit, but he's, yeah, you know, whatever. Smartest man but, in the room all the time. Yeah. Oh, I, boy, I just ask him. That guy too. Yeah. Just ask him. Yeah. No, I like it. Uh, you know, that's the one rule change that I, I don't mind. I, 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 you know, you talked about it earlier, the ambiance and sitting and watching the game and, and talking to other folks. You can do that at a, at a baseball game. I like that part of it, too. I like going on a Saturday night about, you know, at 7 o'clock, then you can watch the fireworks at Comerica or whatever. But, yeah. you know, when it's like getting to be three and a half to hours for a nine-inning game, and especially, you know, when it's 6 nothing or whatever, it's starting to be four hours. I'm No, I just... They had to do something, and I, I like the pitch clock. I really do. Yeah, I like. I was talking to somebody. I can't remember if it was on one of these. This is my, my ninth or tenth one of these. These things yeah. I've done, and I, I can't remember if it was this here or in a, a local establishment talking about the, the the rules. And the one thing that I would change about maybe the rules a little bit is in the eighth to the ninth, maybe go back to how it was because baseball is about moments and the history of the game a little bit. And uh, I don't know if it's just. Uh, me thinking that some at bats took a long time, but it just seemed mm-hmm. like they were at bats took a long time. But it was the moments where you're standing up in front of your television, chewing your fingernails off right down your knuckle. <laughs> and it, so, if, if it's a, if it's a rush situation, I just hope we're not going to miss out on those moments later, like right. in in the World Series in the playoffs. So maybe like in the eighth, ninth inning of, of the playoffs, maybe relax those rules a little bit because you don't want to be have a have a situation where the World Series is won because a guy's panicking a little bit, right? Like wow. it, it's just one of those things, and that's just. I mean, the, the players will get used to it, and they'll yeah. figure it all out after like spring training, which is which is understandable. But you know, I think it was time that they that they did something because games games were getting way too long. There's no doubt about that. Hundred percent. No, that's a great point. I, you know, I never thought of that going into the World Series or in the stretch run, getting into the playoffs, having a game, you know, costing you because of something like that. I never. That's a great point. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, you've been you've been a Tiger fan for a long, long time, as I've been a Yankee fan for a long, long time. Yeah. Who's your guy? Who's your guy always been? Maybe talk about some guys in the past, and maybe a guy that's been around the last ten years. Well, I'll tell you, I I, I watched Al Kaline at the tail end of his career. You know, Mister Tiger, and yeah. uh, you know that was my first little league number was number six, and he was one of my favorites, and then. I go back to, you know, Jack Morris because he was a bulldog, man. He, he was a winner and he, he, you know, he, he brought it all the time. Lou Whitaker, you know, it's sweet Lou. That's uh, you know, I, I love watching him play. Um, obviously I think in the last 10 years, it's gotta be Miguel Cabrera. I just loved his stroke, his pitching stroke, or I'm sorry, his hitting stroke. Yeah. You know, the guy was arguably for about an eight or nine year period, one of the best, right-handed hitters if not the best right-handed hitter in the game and you know his mechanics and everything it's it's kind of sad to see him now um just a a shell of himself you know i my here's my thing for miguel is i hope that he can get a good enough run this year where if detroit's out of it that maybe he can get traded to a contender to maybe get one more chance at a ring and 
Because having I mean, that bat off the bench and saying, "Okay, well, if you guys eat a little bit of the money and everything yeah. else, because you're going to pay him anyway, so yeah. why not?" Like, and you're you're committed to him for I think just this year for sure. And then there, yeah. then there are some options and everything else that are going to happen. It's it would be a good thing to see a guy uh, in his career like that because the last yeah. few years in Detroit haven't been good. Like, and it's it, it's no. tough to see one of the all timers uh, end up uh, on a team like like not not bad but that's just not very good right now and to end, right. end a hall of fame career like that and, and play nothing games for for how long now it's got to be tough to watch a little bit oh it is you know and it's funny is we got in detroit we got miguel cabrera in 2008 it was you know a steal of a trade i we got and i can't remember the other guy we got but we gave up you know uh uh we gave up miller and then somebody else, the name escapes. He must not have been that good because, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, we don't miss him too much. We gave up Andrew Miller, who he did okay as a reliever for Cleveland and Boston. But it it was kind of, it was nice because Cabrera for a while in Detroit, you know, he, he had some growing up to do. He got in a lot of trouble, um, you know, with, you know, with drinking and whatnot. I mean, he was all partying the last weekend of the regular season. I think it was 2009 or 10 or one of them that, you know, and, but he's all, he's, I, I don't want to say he's reformed, but you know, he's, he all grew it and he grew up and, you know, he really, you know, he did a lot for Detroit and you can see he has the love, the joy of playing the game, you know, and that's what I like about him. He's always laughing, always giggling, joking yeah. around and, so yeah, him and I think one other one obviously to me is uh Justin Verlander. You know, he when he came in with Detroit in 06, yeah, oh my god, you know, he he was a bulldog just like well just like Morris. And you know, I I I'm happy that he was able to get a World Series in Houston. I don't like the circumstances behind it, but yeah, we well, don't want to talk about that a whole bunch. No, <laughs> no, no. I will, so we'll leave that one alone for you. I, I've I, forgiven, but I haven't forgotten. Okay, you that's, know that's, that's, how I, that's how I play that one. Well, you know, it's funny is, uh, you know, obviously we've got the manager, yeah. and to me, he still has to prove something. He hasn't done anything in Detroit, in my opinion. But Verlander to me was one, and you know those. Those were the ones that I, you know, that I liked. I, um, uh, back in the, another one back in the day, maybe, uh, uh, Willie Horton, um, and, uh, Jason Thompson rooftop. So, you know, no, they've had some great teams. I remember that uh, 87. So we, like, we, for forever, all we got up here was Jay's games. It's all you can ever watch yeah. before cable and everything else. So, but that 87 uh, team in, in Detroit, yeah. where the, the Jays had to win one of their last seven or eight games or whatever it was and couldn't put one together. And then the, uh, the, the Tigers won three in a row at Tiger Stadium to, to finish that season. I and remember. the Jays were out of the playoffs. And Jay's could, the Jays had a team that could have won a World Series that oh. year. They just, they, Tony Fernandez got hurt and they just, they just fell apart back. Like, I remember that vividly. And it's, it's, you just watch this train wreck night after night. Like, oh. guy was 13, 14 years old, whatever it was. And I was like, what the heck is happening yeah. here? And just, and you remember that, that Tigers team, there was a bit of, a bit of disdain in the, around Canada for the Tigers for a oh, little I bit bet. there. That's, a, that's our team, right? Just wait, except for Windsor. Everybody in Windsor likes the, like, likes the Tigers, yeah. obviously. One of those. Well, field remember players. that year, Detroit made the trade at the deadline. Get They got Doyle Alexander. You remember who they traded for him? I don't know. I can't remember. Hall of Famer for the Braves, John Smoltz. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah Alexander great. was good because he was a Jay at one time, too. Like, yes, earlier on. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, the guy went he, nine and zero in that year. I mean, he yeah. he carried them into the play. I mean, he he and Morris and Petrie, but yeah, it was at the time it was a great trade, and he started out decent in '88. Then Detroit fell apart after about June fifteenth. But that Jays team you're talking about, oh my gosh, tough when you win ninety seven or ninety eight games and you don't make it. You know, yeah, that's tough. That, and that's back when when there was American League East and American yeah. League West, and that was it. And then there was there was the, the NLCS, ALCS, World Series. Done. See you later. Yeah, there wasn't there wasn't sixteen teams making the playoffs, right? And so the, the and how that and and how those like I think base like old man get off my get off my uh, lawn for my porch but <laughs> yeah. i think baseball was better back then because the playoff races meant so much more uh oh. like now now you, you can go down the last day of the season and more, more teams can get into a wild card yeah. spot so you do have that intrigue but um winning was harder back then am oh, i wrong no you're not wrong i mean let's face it you know you you had what 14 teams in each league or i think because when Toronto and Seattle came to the American League, that made it 14. And there were seven yeah. teams in each division. So, you know, and it's just like the NBA and the NHL. I mean, you don't – It's it, it wasn't as watered down back then. So you had to be good to get in. You know, I, I well, look at some of those Detroit teams that didn't get in even in before 84. They're winning 80, you know, 92, 93 games. Yeah. Not even getting a sniffer. You know, we can even go to the other teams. Look at in the West – in 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 uh, the National League, the Braves and the Reds, or the Dodgers and the Reds, winning a hundred games and not getting in, you yeah, know, crazy. <laughs> like, and it was, yeah. Oh. I I, th- I think teams teams. I, I mean, it's everything's always better in the past. As we we, we get oh, a little yeah. bit older, Lou, we we start, we start talking <laughs> about that kind of stuff, and that was yeah. way better back then. And like, and I I'm I'm almost fifty, but yeah. So it's it's just funny how that that I'm becoming yeah. that guy now all of a sudden too. It's just a funny funny the way that rolls out. <laughs> yeah. You've been talking about going to Tiger games for for a long time. Um, it's a lot of games you go to like through to live games. It could be a, a game in, in the middle of July on a Sunday yeah. afternoon. That means absolutely nothing, but there's moments that you see at a game sometimes that you go, that was so great. And I'm glad I was here. And it might not mean anything to anybody else. The players might not even remember what happened. You got a favorite moment, Lou, at, at a Tigers game you went to? Well, I'll tell you, I got two of them and I, I got to go back to the first one I ever went to. I was nine years old, 1974. County Stadium, like I said, we used to go to Milwaukee because it was closer. And it was like 8,000 people. And we walked up. We got third row. And Woody Fryman had a no-hitter going until the eighth inning. And then Aurelio Rodriguez had a two or, uh Aurelio Rodriguez played third base for the Tigers. His brother played for the Brewers. And his brother got a double in the bottom or the bottom of the eighth with two outs. So that was a one-hitter. But Aurelio Rodriguez got the two-run homer to win two to nothing. So I'll never forget that. I mean, uh, uh, until the day I die. My other favorite one was probably I went to a live game in 91. Detroit was making a run. And they were fighting the Blue Jays for first place. And we went to the Blue Jays game. It was in September. And Cecil Fielder hit a blast into the – left field bleachers in the top or the top or in the, uh, um, in the upper deck in the uh, bottom of the 10th yeah. win. And after that, Detroit went into the tank. They lost, they <laughs> lost, lost the division, but they won that game. And I remember that. And uh, those are my two favorites. You know, I mean, obviously the one with my son 
where, like I told you, where uh, Miguel hit the bases loaded triple. But I unfortunately didn't get to go to any playoff games, you know, when Detroit made the run, you know, in the last decade or whatever. But those are my two favorites right there. Yeah, it's crazy. Like I said, like there's, there's moments you remember, and it, they some, they may not mean anything even to the players. Yeah. And they, they, I was there for this, and I was there for that. And it's just, it's a lot of times it doesn't matter where you are, it's yeah. who you're with, kind of a situation, right? And it's it's great. And the game of baseball has that that uh, I don't think the other sports have because because the moments like a hockey, they race around the ice and go here. And you don't don't know where anybody's yeah. going half the time. And like I'm a hockey guy, obviously, but yeah, yeah. football, the, the games can, can become kind of uh, I don't want to say bland, but they become pretty cookie cutter at times. But baseball, sure. there's always a moment. That I that I find that, and that's why I like the game of baseball so much. The the moments that they do have, it's uh, it's it's an amazing thing to uh, to watch. And you go to games, and the kids and, and old people like it. Uh, no, it's great. Yeah. Uh, what do you got your Tigers doing this year? What's uh, what's the uh, what's the vibe oh. around the the Motor City for the Tigers? Is improve on their sixty six win uh, season from last year? Are they uh, are they going to go get go get a little bit worse uh, this year? What's your what's your predictions, Lou? Well, it's funny is. I was, my dad is here visiting and we're talking about it. And I said, I went on DraftKings just to look at their over under before we came on and it's 70 and a half. And I told my dad, I said, I wouldn't touch that with a 10 foot pole. Cause uh, there's, there's zero expectations for Detroit right now. I mean, Casey Mize, who knows when he's going to be back. Uh, Tariq Skubal. I don't know. There's not even listed. Neither one of them are listed on their depth chart right now. Detroit starting five doesn't, their, their, their starting pitching staff doesn't scare anybody, you know? And I mean, it's, we're young. I mean, it reminds me of 2005, 2006, when Detroit went into 2006, nobody thought they're going to win that division or go to the world series. They were coming off of hundred lost seasons. And I, I still think Detroit is three to four years from contending. They've just been, just so bitten everybody's been bitten by the injury bug i'm saying detroit would be fortunate to get 70 wins so i'm i hate to say it brent but i'm saying 66 and 96 is what they're just Man, they're, they don't i don't even know who their closer is you know i mean they got a, their bullpen uh cisnero maybe you know i mean they they picked up eduardo rodriguez last year and he missed the whole year with personal problems and then, you know, you got, um, is Torkelson going to be the real deal at first base? I mean, Javi Baez, I was so, I couldn't believe they signed him. I mean, God bless him. He had that I can't believe he, like anybody, I don't, I don't, anybody makes that kind of money, good on him. Like right yeah. on. But I am shocked that well, he got that kind of money. We I am shocked. They, Correa wanted to come to Detroit. He loves A.J. Hinch. Yeah. He wanted to come here. And I'm like, give the guy, he signed with the twins for a hundred million last year. I mean, yep. what the heck? you know, and it's such a head scratcher. And I mean, he's parlayed it into big money, which I knew he would, but that whole scenario was, was crazy uh, back in November. That was nuts the way he was. Oh, wasn't it, he, he was a giant, wasn't a giant. Then he was here. Well, that was, and then he was a Met. That whole thing, that that kind of, that, that's that's lost a lot of steam. Like, it was such a great story, and it was, a, yeah. it was a gift for podcasters everywhere. That was, and it just, that one just kind of lost steam. You haven't heard a thing about him in the in the, in the in the preseason yet. Yeah, because huh. it's the Twins, right? But Yeah, yeah. how do you, how do you not... You know, I was talking, I, you know, I get a couple of baseball guys on my show every once in a while. And we're talking about them. How do you, with 
modern medicine the way it is, and you've got every access to every medical record the guy has or whatever, how do you not know that before you go on, you know, and say, yeah, we signed him to a $350 million deal. And it's, <laughs> and it's like, wow. I don't get it. Yeah, you're I right. That know. was great for us. Yeah. Oh, I could. Yeah, I, I got a lot of airplay on that one. That was <laughs> uh, that was something else. No, it was. Uh, yeah, it's too bad the Tigers ha- are 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 that are in the rebuild, the constant rebuild. It seems it's you know. And I, I I'm a I'm like no matter what sport that I watch or what team I follow, I, I think that uh, I'm more of a you got to regroup, not rebuild, because if you yes. break it down, you might not get it back. Right. 100%. And and it's and it's tough to see teams go into these tank modes, rebuild modes, because you uh. don't prospects are just prospects. Like, and that's oh, yeah. all they are. They're just some guy you yeah. drafted and hope. I mean, and then the way baseball and the way arms are nowadays and Tommy John and everything else, it's it's so hard to to build a pitching staff because you, you, you draft a kid out of high school, out of college, he's already in the, how, how much kids play nowadays in comparison to what it was 20, 30 years ago. When you, you're drafting a kid, you don't know how long his arm's going to last. Like, you just don't. 100%. 100%. You know, and that's why I think a lot of it, is jealousy for for you Yankee fans because you're always there and you get it and you know obviously you've got a bigger market so you can afford it a little bit more and your your local TV contract is huge but like we said you can't tell me the money isn't there for Detroit the guy that owns it is they own Little Caesars they're doing okay they're not they're not hammered they're not they're not filing Chapter Eleven tomorrow. There's somebody buying a Little Caesars pizza everywhere right now. Well, they're everywhere. not $5 anymore either. They're yeah, that one went away. I, did, I, forgot, I forgot about the old hot and ready. Those aren't around anymore. Yeah. With the money. You oh, know? the hot and ready. Those so, are just awful. No, it's, just terrible, but yeah. It's, uh, it's going to be a hard year for us. I mean, you know, they might be able to get 75 wins. You know, like last year, they started out good for the first month and a half. Then they, you know, they a couple of injuries, and then boom, they're done. And it just, you know, we got no depth. And, you know, when you've got, when you're relying on Akibado or whatever, Akibado, I, I think is Badu, yeah, yeah, Badu, Badu, yeah. yeah, and he's your, he's your uh, ace in the hole. And, you know, I mean, we got Austin Meadows back this year. He'll be good in the outfield, but yeah, it's 75 wins, I think would be the ceiling this year for Detroit. Hope I'm wrong. But yeah, you never know. Even sometimes you if blind squirrel finds a nut. Sometimes it always turns out in baseball. You never, you, you never know. You get a little bit of a hot streak, and you you, you start to see. It. And the thing about baseball is, if you start off poor, it's hard to catch up. Uh, it is well, so hard. Like you, you can't win the World Series in April, but you can sure lose it. That's exactly right. That is so so true, isn't it? I mean, yeah. you know, when you go one and nine in the first ten, and you find yourself six games out or seven games out by April 20th. It's like, yeah, and that's it. Like, oh, well, we, that's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, Lou, this was fun. We'll do some extra innings. Yeah. Get you out of here. All right. Ready to go. Uh, is yeah. a hot dog a sandwich? Is what a hot dog? Is a hot dog a sandwich? No. How old is too old to bring your glove to a baseball game? Uh, it's, you're never too old. That's the right answer. Uh, if you catch a ball in the stands, uh, foul ball, home run, whatever it may be, do you give it to a kid? Yes. What team do you dislike the most? Boston Red Sox. That's the right answer. I like that answer <laughs> 100%. Uh, and last one before we get you out of here. Uh, should Pete Rose be in the Hall of Fame? <laughs> 
Yes, he should. He was my idol growing up after Al Kaline. I wore his number. I slid into second base head first. You know, Charlie Hustle. Yes, he should be in. Yeah, it's it's an odd situation there. And you, like this is a, like that's once like, it's if you ever want to have a, a barroom conversation or something, you bring up the name Pete Rose, and it it, it gets people yeah. revved up no no matter what. And everybody had, and even people who don't watch baseball, people never even seen him play, yeah. which is more and more now, right? Because he's been been out of yeah. the game for such a long time. People have their opinions on Rose, and you could, and it, it's it's it splits it more than right down the middle. It, it's crazy that the Pete Rose uh, situation because nobody nobody agrees on that for some, and it's just it's crazy how that. That's gone on for so long. I think he should be in. I think it's been long enough. And like he did admit to it, and he hasn't done himself any favors uh, oh, since yeah, the whole thing. Being the first one to bet at the new place at, uh, at Great American Ballpark, the MGM call it <laughs> like like all the stuff. He, he he never does himself any favors. No, I think that's been been Pete Rose's biggest problem over the years. He just he just doesn't between his ears. He doesn't get it. You know, it, it's it, they've got his bat, they've got the ball, they got everything else. You know, it's funny is. That's one argument that my my dad and I got in a heated argument over it because he doesn't think he should be in there. It's and I'd like the guy, you know, all the guy. He's the hit king. That's put him in as a player and not not as a manager. Hundred like percent. It, it's just okay. He he made some mistakes and like we. That's I never bet against my team, but you can manipulate lineups and everything else the way you people can. talk about that. So that's why it's always a funny story. Anyways, Lou, thank you very much for yeah. doing this. This was a lot of fun. It was yeah. uh, quick and easy, like I said, but it was a great great conversation. We'll have to, to meet up uh, midway through the baseball season, see how the Tigers are doing. I love uh, it. Tell us about your tell us about your show and what you got going on at the the Captain Lou Extravaganza. Well, it's, it airs weekly on Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock. Right now, we're doing our emphasis on uh, the American Collegiate Hockey Association. It's uh, technically club hockey for college, but uh, they've got their national championships coming up in, in the Boston area next week. And um, I'll be highlighting that this Wednesday. And then next week, I'll be there as well doing nightly shows every night at the end. I do play-by-play for them as well. Um, but we're on 7 until about 8.15, 8.30 every Wednesday night uh, on the Captain Lou Sports Network on YouTube. Of course, Belly Up Sports, we're powered up by it. But we talk all the sports, and we're going to get you on, Brent, talk a little baseball as well. I'd love to have you on, you know, once baseball season gets started in April, we'll uh, catch up with you and get you on talk a little baseball. That sounds great, Lou. This was uh, short notice. Got a hold of you yesterday, Ed, because uh, oh, short, short notice to come on and, and give us a hand through our tour. I got a few more of these to do in, in the coming days and, and uh, get them going. But no, it's been a fun a fun tour around baseball and, and hearing all di- people's uh, different prospects and everything else that they got going on in the baseball world. Cause it's coming yeah. it's coming quick, and then before you know it, it's World Series time. It's, it's crazy <laughs> how it all works out. But anyways, yeah. Lou, once again, thank you a lot for doing this. And like I said, we'll have to hook up when the, uh, when the season uh, gets going, and we'll uh, talk when, uh, some more baseball. Anytime. Thanks, Lou. You bet.